Hello, and thank you for joining us again for this week's podcast. My name is Josie Cawthon, and I am your host. Today, we're talking to Jana and Lance. They are diehard Fiesta fans. If you know anything about San Antonio, you're going to know about Fiesta. If you're not from here, that would be something I suggest that you Google. It is a lot of fun. They share the story of their two very different experiences with their boys. They waited to find out their gender both times. That is a hard thing to do. I personally love the extra surprise factor at the end. I know you'll enjoy their story, so let's take a listen. guys and thank you for joining us today. Today we have a really special couple, Jana and Lance. We've known each other for a little while. So can you introduce yourselves just to the audience? I'm Lance Aldridge. I was born and raised here in San Antonio and this is my wife. I'm Jana Aldridge and we met in 2012 at Fiesta. So we love San Antonio. We've lived here our whole marriage. We got married in 2000. 14, so we're coming up on nine years oh, of being married. And, and what do you do? I am currently a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. which I'm very blessed and happy that I have this opportunity to be with my family right now at this point in our life in Lance. I work down at the Bear County Courthouse, helping all the courts run efficiently. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> and Johnny, you used to be a teacher, right? I did. I taught for... Four years, and then after having our second son, I taught one more year, and then we decided being at home would be the best thing for our family. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I know that a lot of families are actually, surprisingly enough, are turning towards that. If they can, they will find a way because there's, we can't get those years back, you know? So if there's an opportunity, I always encourage it. You'll never regret it. And if not, then that's okay, too. Yeah. That's okay, too. Okay, so how long were you married before you decided to... We were married for two and a half years, and we said, all right, let's start a family. You know, let's grow our family. And um, it didn't happen right away for us, which um, I think after like a month or two, you're like, why isn't this working? Um, It ended up taking us nine months before we got pregnant with our first son, and luckily, I was able, we were able to not have to do anything to help us get pregnant. But I had started seeing the nurse practitioner at my OB and we, she, she had put me on some supplements that helped. But like, it, did, it wasn't until that happened that then like two months later, we did get pregnant. So it did take us a little while, but mm-hmm. not as easy as we thought it would be. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That sometimes you're just like, oh yeah, okay, you're right here. Here we go. I think you realize that you're not really. In charge. In charge. <laughs> you you control. all the control, and then you quickly realize, oh, wait, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you find out you're pregnant, and tell me about that. So we found out we're pregnant, and, you know, I think one of the first things that we agreed upon was that we wanted the gender to be a surprise. I think that was probably one of the first things was, let's not find out, and we both said yes. And then I had kind of been doing some reading as we were trying to get pregnant. We wanted to have as natural of a pregnancy as possible. 
And the book that I was reading suggested a doula because we did know that we want, we were going to have a baby in the hospital, but said a doula would be a great person to help you. And actually that was probably after telling our parents, I think we then started interviewing, interviewing doulas because I knew that I, we wanted to have that support throughout the, our pregnancy. And, and which um, book was that? The Mama Natural book? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. That was the one, and that was kind of the only book I read. I, I chose not to have too much information coming from too many places. That was the book I read during my first pregnancy. And then I read Ina May's Guide to Childbirth during my second pregnancy. So I only did one book each time. Hey, there you go. And you had plenty. And Lance, did, didn't you read a book too? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read the Expectant Father okay. book, and it was great. It was great. What did you, what did you get out of that? Well... To start, whenever Jonna said, I, we should look at getting it, I, I said, what is a doula? <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. we interviewed a couple different people. Mm-hmm. And we I think we realized when we interviewed you that like, this was a good fit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like one of my questions to you was like, what what do you do? And and so I, I'm one of these people that researches things when I'm interested in them. And mm-hmm. if I'm not really interested in, I don't care to Okay. <laughs> and so childbirth was one of those things that I had not ever took the time to look into. Uh-huh. And so once we figured out what the doula was, I wanted to learn more about the pregnancy. And awesome. uh, learning from you and reading the book, the book just helped me from a uh, man's perspective on what's going to be happening, mm-hmm. what, it, what is the man going to be going through, yeah. and how can you be helpful That's to awesome. your yeah. wife during this and so it was crucial uh, to read that book that's awesome what is one thing that if you could remember that kind of stood out that was like whoa never thought of that that you can still remember today that you were kind of almost shocked to hear. yeah so one of the main takeaways at the very end was to break the stereotypical dumb man role that on every tv show the the male is like just this incompetent guy mm-hmm. Yeah. And it said, if you want to change that, you know, uh, become knowledgeable about childbirth. Mm-hmm. Know about your children. Don't just be the dumb father. Yeah. Be the expectant father. Be smart father. That's and awesome. I love that. That's kind of how you can shift. And so that's one of the things that I got from the book was I need to be knowing what's going on right now so that I can be helpful so that I don't just sit back in the corner or I'm like, yeah, I don't even want to be in the room. Like, that's not going to help no. men at all. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that translates even beyond that labor and delivery room. Like, it, it has been helpful now that our oldest is almost five. Like, Lance is capable of everything of taking care of our kids just as much as I am. And I think it's because he takes a very active role and doesn't just sit in the corner and yeah. um, watch. So. That's wonderful. So it was like an insight into the future. Because you were very helpful. You were very involved, very, very hands-on. Yeah. And so I bet, is that encouraging for you to watch? Today? Oh, I mean, yes. I still, like, think back on pregnancy and childbirth and even those first, those newborn months of, I couldn't have done it without him and the the support he gave me because of, he was so active and so involved, and even now that we have 
you know, a five-year-old and almost five-year-old and three-year-old, it's the same. Like he steps in anytime he needs to, or I know I can ask him, or he just sees something and says, oh, let me figure out how to fix this problem. So, I yeah. love that. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yes. We, it's a true partnership, but it started from that first, that, that, that positive test. <laughs> like, I really feel like it did. I felt like from that moment on, we were like, okay, we're in this together. This is a John and Lance thing, and it wasn't just a John is pregnant, I'll do what I need to do, but it was truly a, we walked every step of the way together. That's beautiful. Again, that's the way it should be. It should be standard. But it isn't for different reasons, right? Right. But I, that just makes my heart so happy when I hear moms reflect on how dads are so involved in the whole thing because it makes you more confident in yourself when you have that support no matter what happens like she knows she can rely on you and I know that that's so key to everything pregnancy labor birth postpartum the whole thing right that's really good parenthood Parenthood, yeah yeah I think men maybe aren't confident and so they back off of things because they don't know what's going on and so if you don't understand what's going on with your wife's body right now and what the next transition is going to hold and what's going to happen, mm-hmm. you don't know what to do, you kind of feel inadequate, and you're just going to step away yeah. instead of engaging when you need to. And so learning, I think I just went into, what is a doula? What is, what is your role? What are we doing? Let's read this book. I want to know everything yeah. that's going to happen so that I can be helpful. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. That is ideal. And normally... That's something that I share with with other moms too. Like if it's and dads, like I've noticed, like doing this, you know, for so long, I see that a dad who's not involved is either scared to do the wrong thing, so he doesn't do anything, or like he doesn't want to get in the way, or he's kind of maybe he and he might even pick a fight just so that I don't even want you near me. So it's usually fear that kind of keeps a dad from doing or stepping up into truly his role, right? As 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 the man's supposed to do. And 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 there's one podcast you gotta listen to it if you haven't already listened to it. It is Miranda and Fisher. And he shares he speaks it very well on how he was very supportive and he actually says something about like in every little boy, they want to be a hero, right? They want to have that cape and they want to go save and rescue. And so they want to do that for their family. They want to do that for their wife. And when they get to do it, when they get to fulfill that, that role, then it makes them more confident and actually more attractive to their, <laughs> to their wife. Like it works. It's the, like you're stepping into the role that you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And when you don't do it, there's a huge void. But when you do do it, there's, whoo, like it's exponential everything. So I love that you said that. That's wonderful. Okay. So how was your pregnancy? I loved being pregnant. I had a great pregnancy. Praise God that there were not any issues. There's, I think, you know, we had, we were due in August. And so summer is hot. But I think my biggest problem was my ankles where the only problem I had, and I say problem, the only inconvenience that it seemed to me was, and I'm 
my ankle and my feet would get so swollen by the end of the day during the summer. But my pregnancy was great. I felt good all the time. I think, you know, you provided lots of things to do while we were pregnant that we tried to do a lot of. I think I walked every day. And, you know, I think so. I felt really good. I felt really good. And yeah. And I knew I, it was really nice having someone besides my doctor that I could always reach out, you know, that I could talk to if I had questions. And that also just made me, made us feel a little bit more confident because we hadn't done this before. And, and I think the way we were approaching it was different than the way a lot of our friends had approached it. So it was hard to ask for advice from other people because mm. they kind of questioned our reasoning for the way we wanted to do things. And so we kind of just relied on each other and then talk to you a lot and would talk to my OB a lot when we would have our appointments and just would do what was felt right for us. And honestly, I, I loved being pregnant. I loved being pregnant. I didn't have any kind of sickness or anything. So I feel very fortunate that I can say that. I think you embraced it. She had like a positive attitude towards being pregnant, mm -hmm. which probably helped out in some way mm -hmm. that it went a lot smoother. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And fear can overwhelm like all the what ifs. And honestly, your situation is pretty common. So having friends who didn't do it the way you feel like you want to do it, you know, they might have shared some scary stories or, or some trauma or and so then that can start to form the way you think and what you're capable of. And so we have to kind of really guard that. So did you feel like you had to guard yourself? I think so. I think we quickly realized that when we would tell, kind of come up that we were wanting to have a natural birth and people would ask us why, like, why would you do that? I think we just kind of stopped telling people. And then we just didn't have to have that conversation yeah. because one, we didn't feel like we needed to convince anyone else. Right. Like it's, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just what we wanted. And then two, I will say, I did read, in addition to the Mom and Natural book, I did read the first part of Ida May's book. Because the, just the, the, the first section, that's all the birth stories. Yes. And so I just read those stories because it was the stories that were positive instead of what people want to share with you. Which yeah. I don't know why they want to share. Which is why we're doing this, right? True. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But that is the truth. Like yeah. As soon as you, you know, say you're pregnant to a group of friends or family, they want to share their horror stories. Oh, my gosh, you know, don't breastfeed. It was the worst thing. I was bleeding and all these awful yeah. things. So then it does really affect your confidence. Eventually it does. If, you, if that's all you're hearing, it's going to influence you somehow. So, yeah. But, yeah, being pregnant was great, and I think we were just on the same page throughout the whole time, and we would just – talk about it and so mm -hmm. <laughs> that was good did you have any concerns or did you have any like family or friends or co-workers who kind of shared their story that you know I didn't so have many concerns other than you know I just really had no clue about what was going <laughs> about on to happen. and so I was just trying to learn as much mm -hmm. and, and and then at that point you don't want to feel dumb so it's hard to ask questions mm -hmm. when someone may say oh you don't know this or that. <laughs> That's when it was nice, like having a doula, having someone that kind of gives you a private lesson on yeah. it so you're not in a public <laughs> setting asking a question that yeah. may be real simple that you just don't know. So that helped a lot. I think people at work, and even your parents and even older 
people to share stories and, and it's like they just remember the bad times and uh, just guys at work too don't share like fun encouraging stories mm -hmm. they just tell you about the bad things that went on with their wife and how you know you definitely don't want to do that wow wow see in the terrible yeah. no wonder dads don't want to do anything no wonder they're, they're scared yeah your buddy's just yeah i wouldn't even be in, you know there's a chance to go get dinner you just go pick up dinner. <gasps> wow wow that's terrible did you know that did you you probably didn't share that so that no because i think one time that. i asked him to go get me froyo and he said i'd love to do that for you and he uh -huh. just, he always embraced it but i think i just remember the one story about you told someone and that we were going to try to do this naturally and they asked you doesn't she just want to watch tv while she has it? you know and I, that's the story i remember and i was like and i just said well no i don't and you're like i just nodded i just said okay and Stop talking to him about it. So yeah, I think, yeah, it was like the greatest thing ever was she got the shots and we just sat there and watched TV the whole time. Like, why would you not want to do that? Yeah. Why are y'all going to try to have a you do that in you. natural birth? <laughs> it was stories like that. That's the typical feedback that you get. That's good. All right. So tell me a little bit about, okay, you're approaching your due date. So let's talk about that. Approach, approaching the due date, which... That was when I was still teaching and I was actually due right before school was starting and I so I was trying to get everything ready. So it's always already a little bit I felt this kind of stress at that point just because of my job and trying to get everything ready before I had a baby. But I still felt really good. We were still walking a lot and my due date came and went. And then that's when things started to get I felt like not for us, but other people started to get really worried for us. And we were not worried about it at all. And we had been pretty hands-off with our OB for most of the pregnancy, just doing as little that we needed to do. And that was kind of when we started getting more questions about, do you want to be checked? Do you want us to do this? Do you want us to do that? And we would always say no. And Was that hard for you to say no? Yes, I am a people please. I do like, I don't like to tell people no. Luckily, Lance was always able to go to most of those appointments with me. So I had someone on my side and then, so that was good. But yeah, it's hard to tell people no, especially like when you're at the end of your pregnancy when you're going once a week and they're asking, do you want me to check? And I'd always just say no. And the next week, do you want me to check? No. Because I think, you know, we had talked about, does it matter? You might be dilated, but you can be dilated for who knows how long. And so I think it got easier the more I said no. But um, <laughs> there was, I don't know if you remember this, Josie, it was your mom's birthday coming up. Oh, and yeah. we did have a, I, I want to say yeah. there was a date of when you were going to be heading out of town. And that was the only thing that we were really like, we really want to have a baby before Josie has to, even though you had great staff that we had met with and we we had a plan in place but that was the one thing that Lance and I like we just really want to be here so so that was kind of the only thing but yeah I I, I still embraced being pregnant I didn't I really tried not to be like oh my gosh I'm 41 weeks and it's August it's August right now and we know how in Texas you know so I really just try to keep enjoying the moments of pregnancy that we had before our before we had the baby. So I think that had a big impact of just like mm -hmm. not complaining. I tried really hard mm -hmm. not to complain. My sister, 
my sister always said, you know, Mary had to ride a donkey oh, when she was very pregnant. I so the why. least I, I thought that, that. Just like that. Yeah. Week, I was like, maybe I saw something, but I was like, oh my gosh, can you imagine nine months pregnant on a donkey yeah. up and down, yeah. like rocky? Yeah. And, so my sister told me that, and that's okay. something that I would kind of like. I have AC. I have like <laughs> running water. Mm-hmm. I can lay on my couch all day. Absolutely. So that was something that I would be like, you know, Mary had to do this yeah. in a much tougher situation than Absolutely. I did. Yeah. So that helped me. That's good perspective, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we are just ready to have a baby, I think, and just having to be patient. Um, our doctor was really wanting us to schedule an, abdu- an, an induction. And, you know, Lance is always like, we well, don't have to go. And, but that was hard for me to put, wrap my head around. But luckily, that it never came down to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when did things start to change? So, what was it? We were, our due date was August 14th, and it was on August 20th. It was late at night when things kind of started to happen, like lost the, the mucus plug. plug that happened. And we were like, oh, I think this is going to happen. And we had an appointment the next morning to get checked out because they really wanted us to not go to 42. to 42. They didn't want me to go to 42. So he was like, if the baby's not here by, I think that was a Tuesday night and we had our doctor's appointment on Wednesday. He, our doctor said, you're going to have to come in on Saturday if the baby's not here by Saturday. And so we went to go get checked and I did was having some contractions at that point. We, I remember we had lunch after that appointment and I still remember having to breathe through contractions at lunch. Like it was enough to where it wasn't just easy going and headed back home. And you were able to be at our house with us for that afternoon. And we went walking, we did all the squats, we did all of these things to try to get labor to have, like to move along. And it was just, I remember it being, you know, this is why you have more babies. Cause like, you don't really remember how bad That's it was, but I remember it being tough and um, y'all being so supportive and helping me through each contraction. And then it would stop. Mm-hmm. And I remember we, it came to a time where we'd been together for a few hours and you were like, I'm gonna, you went to go get supper mm-hmm. and you were like, y'all need to talk and decide what y'all want to do. Like, do you want to try to go to bed and just hope something happens tomorrow? And then you're like, and so to remember taking a hot shower. And luckily, by the time you came back, things... I think things had changed. Like, things had changed, and I was having a harder time managing the contractions. They were coming a little bit faster, and I do remember, do you remember what you did right before we left? You made me a smoothie. I remember you were like, and I think it was because I didn't feel like eating anything, like the thought of eating, but so you suggested you should make her a smoothie Mm because once you get to the hospital, my options are going to be, limited and so we would decide to go to the hospital and that was probably the worst car ride I've ever had in my life sitting in a car seat 41 plus weeks and trying to and not being able to move around that movement and this was in August of 2018 so this is there was valet parking do you remember I think you were like I was having a contraction and the guy was like do you need help and Lance was like my wife said labor yes she needs help but uh, I remember feeling very relieved when we got in the hospital there were other women in the waiting room and a nurse saw me mm-hmm. and didn't even make me sit down she was like you're coming with me and so I think they could tell and I remember they checked me and they said I was seven centimeters and I remember having the biggest smile on my yeah. face and she's like why are you so happy and I said I was so scared y'all were gonna 
tell me I have to go yeah. home. And I said, we've been at home all day and I just didn't want to come until it was time. And then we got into our room and... Can I back start? Yes, yes. Okay, so when I came back, everything was different. Everything was different. The contractions were so intense that I wanted you to get into some sort of squat before we left. Because when we talk about pressures, they do shift, and that tells us so much mm -hmm. as far as how far along we are, right, without any – that's a nice outward sign. So I was like, let's get that baby deeper into that, you know, into your pelvis. So I was like, please, can you just give me another squat? And you were just so good. You were like, okay, I will. And I knew you didn't want to. You had those days. I was like, oh, no, it's okay. But you have, like, this little – I guess it's like a half wall mm -hmm. right, right before the door. Yes. And you had your music on still, and you get into that deep squat, and you just start swaying, and it was perfect. And then, I don't know if I suggested it or if you just started doing it, but you started singing as you were swaying. Do you remember that? I do, I do. And that made it tolerable, yes. isn't that right? Yes. So you've got the movement, and we've got the singing that's going on, and the music. So what's really true about all these things that are helpful is that just like when you work out, if the music is pumping nice and loud and you're jogging, you're at the gym and you see everybody else doing, like that is encouraging. That helps, that makes those reps so much more tolerable. And so when you just did it, I was like, oh, she's going to do great when we get to the house. <laughs> she's going to do great because you were clicking into the things that were helping and very, very helpful. So I totally remember. I think it was Shania Twain. I, I think it was the Dixie Chicks. Oh, was it? I think Dixie it was. Or, or, or I think they're called the Chicks now. I think it was them because I was. That just took me back to like. Totally yeah. yeah, and I do. We do have a perfect place where I could really have the support and get low and not have to hold myself up completely. And that was very. And we always tell people that are interested in having. As few interventions as possible when having a baby. I always say stay at home as long as yeah. you can. Because just also being in the comfort of our own home, walking around, going outside, my clothes, the smoothie, everything just yeah. was it's great. Familiar it's familiar yeah. and it's your oxytocin can really rise when you feel comfortable, mm -hmm. safe, and secure, and you can do anything. You can get in any position. Nobody's touching you. Strangers aren't touching yep. you. Trying to get those belts. Trying to check your cervix. Temperature, blood pressure, all I, these things. I like so it does allow your body to continue and do what it's doing. So yeah, that's great advice. And then you know, once we got in our hospital room, we had a really great nurse, and I really, I think you know, Lance even wrote her a letter after we got home because she was totally on board with our birth plan, and she was like, "All right, we're gonna do this," and she. Was, I mean, it was just her attitude with us was what we needed. And I think that she had played a big role in our Absolutely. the kind of birth, the, the great, amazing birth that we have there at the hospital. Absolutely. Things were going great at the hospital. There was a time when I think the baby's heart rate got a little bit high, so they wanted to put oxygen. And that was okay. It was hard because they made me stay in the bed. But mm -hmm. it, it did work. It brought the heart rate down. And, you know, and we were still not... I was still able to move around a lot, which was great. And then, then the doctor, you know, you know, it wasn't my doctor. It was an on-call doctor that we never met before. So we did meet him, and he, he was fine. I think he was the one who told us. I don't know if it was him or one of the nurse that told me that the baby was posterior. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember this, which this is, we were talking 
this was one of those examples when having you with us was able to talk because he said I can turn the baby for you and I like the thought of that happening was like I don't I don't want that to happen and so you know we were like let us talk about this and you we tried a peanut ball which was the most that was the probably the most terrible <laughs> feeling in the whole labor was trying to be on my side with that peanut ball between my legs and I was like I can't do that and then by that point the other doula had arrived because we were getting to the point to where you were supposed to be having to leave to make an early flight the next morning. Because I think at this point it was after midnight. And she had suggested with every contraction shaking my hips. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure, did you do the majority of the shake? I mean, like that was all of it. Yeah. All of it. I don't know. I just, I was raised over the, the bed. And every time I had a contraction, Lance would just wiggle my hips. And you probably... Had to wiggle them a lot, but they weren't. But that was an example of when next time they checked me, the baby was the right direction, you know, facing the right way. And I just often think about times like that. Like, what would we have done in that position if we didn't have someone that could say, let's try this first or let's try this next or let me just turn the baby for you. And so even the nurse, Adria, I think was her name, was was kind of amazed that the baby had turned. Yeah. And with the way that we did it. Right, without having any intervention. And that when the doctor came back in and said, all right, it's time, we need to do something. Mm -hmm. And then they checked and the baby was turned. And then I think the next thing that happened was we had been there for a couple hours and not really progressing a lot. I think I had only made it to like an eight. I don't know if I was even a nine. And then they offered to break my water bag for me. Mm -hmm. And once again, we were able to talk to you about that. And I remember you saying, if you do it, that means labor's gonna get even more intense and you're gonna feel a lot more, but it might mean that things okay. progress quicker. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about it and we decided to go ahead and do it. And the doctor broke my water. And I do remember it, things did get a lot more intense and this was another Painful moment picture. walking around. Do you remember this moment, Lance? We go went into the bathroom, just the two of you and I. I was like, I just wanted to be in a space with just Lance. We yeah. went to the bathroom and that was the moment where I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. We, yeah, we, got, we got into the bathroom and she said, I don't have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> but I just need to talk without everyone around and I'm ready to quit. This is it. I don't think that I can do this anymore. And previously in one of our meetings, it had been mentioned that there's going to be a point that she's going to want to quit <laughs> yeah. and it's, you know, and it's, she's going to want to, and you're going to want to give in because you want to do whatever's going to make your wife happy. And so you're going to be the first one to say, all right, give her the medicine or take the bit. We're done. And, but I was prepared for that. So I knew what I was going to say when that moment I realized, okay, this is the moment. So I told her, you know, uh, do you remember what you said? I don't oh, remember it now. It was, it was very encouraging. You know, we've gotten this far. Yeah. Um, remember all the goals that we had set and that we had talked about. We've got our plan there. Mm-hmm. Everyone is on board. You know, let's just stick it out. And, and, you know, just let's go a little bit more. We can talk about it again. You know, sort of let's just get five more minutes and then yeah. readdress. Five more minutes and readdress. And she agreed. Okay. All right. And we came back out of the bathroom and continued on. And it probably wasn't much longer before and then after that that it was time to push, which I don't know if you remember this either. All of a sudden, I think it was time to push and they haven't called the doctor yet. (laughs) They were like, don't push. Like when it made Lance like close my legs together, which now in hindsight, 
And I, you know, this is when I really appreciate Lance too, because as soon as that doctor walked through the door, Lance said, "You can start." Like he, he, I remember you gave me permission because I think I would have felt not okay before, but Lance was like, "The doctor's in here. You can start pushing." And I remember the doctor literally. I think barely got it, got his gloves on before the baby had come out, and you know, and I remember pushing was such a. It was probably one of the most calmest moments of the of the labor because I remember pushing and then there would be these just moments and I only had to push three times and they were just so <laughs> relaxing and that's we just not like, normal that's okay not normal most first time moms will push a little bit closer to three hours but what a blessing I know well I felt like we had done so much work yeah. to get to that point and yes. like they it at that point I would it was longer in between the times that needed yes. to push and just like I felt so relaxed and like y'all were both you were on one side of my shoulder and Josie didn't leave yet she's so she was on the other and I just remember feeling very calm in those moments and like almost like I could just close my eyes and just fall relax asleep. fall asleep yeah. and um okay so a lot of people that I love that you are sharing this and I just want to emphasize that for a lot of women when we get to this point without medication your body takes over mm-hmm. right and so your contractions go from one literally right after the other. You feel like you don't have a breath. You want to give up. But when we get to a certain point, your contractions are supposed to space out. And it gives you a break mm-hmm. in between where we are talking, just like we're talking yeah. now. There's absolutely nothing going mm-hmm. on before the next contraction yeah. comes. And then your body starts to bear yeah. down, right? So that's a real thing. If you can hold off and wait until those moments where you are going to have a break, most women will say when they get to that point, I want to give up. And I'm so glad that you remembered, Lance, you know, just to encourage her because it is a sign that it's almost time to push. It really is a huge sign. And then just knowing, and a lot of moms will say, I can't do it. I'm not going to have any energy to push. Like I'm going to need, I'm going to need some good rest before I, so I have the strength to push the baby out. But your body already knows what to do because mm-hmm. you're created for this. You've got all the right body parts. You're, you're meant to do this. This is what your body's going, is made to, knows do. What to do. It knows what yeah. to do and just kind of trusting that. So I'm glad that you pointed that out. That there is a break right before pushing. Yeah. And usually it gives you that break. You want to fall asleep in between. And then when the contraction starts again, your body's ready, mm-hmm. and it don't it does it for you, doesn't it? It does, and maybe it was longer. I don't remember. I think it was only three. I don't remember. I mean, I those details, but the baby came out, and it was a surprise. So, and I remember so they handed funny. they handed the baby to me, and someone finally had to say, "What is it?" And we had to look because, like, the doctor didn't say it's a boy. And we were just so overjoyed that that we, were, we did it. That yeah. the baby was here. And so Lance looked and said, it's a boy. And so that was a really exciting moment. And I'll let Lance tell the next part of the story about what happened after he, and our, we'll say his name is Lance. He's named after his dad and his grandfather, but his nickname is Camp. So if we say Camp, that's him. He was born in, and I had received a knife, a pocket knife from my father. And I had wanted to cut the umbilical cord with that and make a little special memento of it. And so John is holding him. The nurse gets these clamps. They, they kind of try to 
knock you out of the way. They kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. shove you out of the way at this point because stuff is going to go on. So I mm-hmm. kind of held my ground right there. I was wedged in. She got the clamps on, and then uh, she said, well, Dad, do you want to cut it? She got these big scissors, and then I pulled the knife out of my pocket, and everyone was <laughs> like, a little shocked. <laughs> and, and the doctor said, okay, go for it. <laughs> And so I cut the umbilical cord with the, the pocket knife cool. and it cut right through and then you know, wiped it off, put it back in my pocket. Uh, I think the doctor made a joke saying it was clean, right? Like, afterwards, and then he said, don't worry about it. Uh, and they uh, fixed it up. And wow. it was just a special moment that we, that we got to do That's because so we had kind of put a little planning into yeah. it. Yeah. And it was a way to have Lance do something very meaning. I mean, the whole thing was meaningful, but like that was a memento that we now still have put away somewhere that we're still deciding at what age is it possible? Like, uh, you know, we haven't decided on that, but it was just something special that for him to do also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so. love that. And so I have a an OB friend who her husband did the same thing, mm-hmm. and so they have like what is it called a shadow a box? shadow box? Yeah, a shadow box. With like you know the T-shirt, the little oh, yeah. hat, and the pocket knife in there. Oh, that's a good so um, yeah, that's another thing. But if you want to give it to your son, like we, okay. So my my kids are a lot older, but that was a rite of passage at a certain age was to you know give a pocket knife for him. We lived upstate New York, and so there was a lot of woods and things like that, and that was like a thing. Yeah. So I might do that. We have. Oh, we just haven't so decided the age, and maybe it's different for each it kid. It is different for each kid, right? So, so some kids are a little more responsible yeah. at that point, and others, you totally know. Oh no, not yet. Not and then yet. we're like, we're gonna wait till he becomes a dad, and then oh, that's so like. So we have we're, we oh, talk good. about it a lot that's because good. it's also a pretty special pocket knife. Yes. That's, so. There would be a lot of responsibility <laughs> if we were to give it to him at a young yeah. age. And yeah. So I don't. I think we're leaning more towards a gift at the right, right moment yeah. when he's ready to use it. I like that. And give him something else. That's so, awesome. Yeah. But and you know, and I think right after he was born, um, there's just. I mean, it was. It's probably one of the most amazing feelings I've ever had of like having him on my chest. And we often. Even now, like with his birthday approaching, we we tend to talk about that day together. And it's just, I mean, like, God is good. And I think we cried, like, every time. Like, I'm going to get teary-eyed talking about it now. But just, like, seeing that whole thing, this whole process of birth and how amazing it is. And then for us to have that experience together. Like, I just want everyone to, like, have this moment of really... And being able to embrace the whole process of it because yeah. it is as hard as it is, it is just as beautiful. Absolutely. And for Lance to be a hundred percent there with me every step of the way and not to shy away from it at all, like made it even more special because when we would talk about it, he was he, you know, he could talk about it with me the same. So it's Yeah, you should it should be why why wouldn't you? Right, right. Why wouldn't you? Why would you want to miss out on such a life-changing, momentous, just beautiful, and it does endear you closer to each other. Mm -hmm. It does seal the bond a little bit deeper. You know, even though you had a great bond before, don't you feel like you went to a deeper level? Yes. Just another space, right? Isn't that wonderful? And that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, just, no, I was going to say, and then, like, even the weeks following, like, I had a hard time. 
we had a hard time. It wasn't eating, breastfeeding wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. And like Lance, when the, when he would wake up, trying to get the lap, you know, and it's just like, just the whole thing that came even afterwards was, brought us closer together too, because his willingness to be there with for every step of the way, whether it was easy or hard and um, hands-on, 100%. Yeah. And I feel like he knew a lot of it too, because mm-hmm. he learned so much from you. <laughs> I love that selflessness that mm-hmm. happened. That sacrifice. It's sacrificial love. love. Yeah. It is. And that's what makes. That's, that's what, what makes, makes a marriage. Yeah, it really <laughs> does. That's what we're called to do for each other is you first, not me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure it might have been easy. It would have been easy for you just to make retain yourself sleeping and just roll mm-hmm. over just to get a couple more snoozes, but you didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You recognized it. And Kind of goes back and forth, and it is a beautiful, beautiful dance. It's it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be. And I will say this too: I felt great. I mean, your body has gone through something major, yes. but yes. I do feel like I felt great afterwards. I when we got home, we were able to move around. I just there's something to also just feel like you're in your. I mean, like I just I felt good. Yeah. Which I hear, you know, you hear talking about interventions and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that you don't hear about as much. I mean, you know, you just kind of like, there's more recovery and mm-hmm. with things that happen to you if you choose to do them. And mm-hmm. by choosing not to, I just felt like it gave my body a chance to heal on its own. And it's meant to heal on its own. And it was, it was good. Beautiful. Yeah. Good. So. Awesome. <laughs> that's Oh, oh, no, wait, oh, no, 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 you go ahead. I'm going to jump ahead. No, I was going to say, so then you had another good oh, skeleton. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I was going to say, and then you got yeah. pregnant again. We did. And so that was very different. That was. So I will say we were, when camp was probably like 10 months old, 11 months old is, no, yeah, 11 months old is, when I had my first postpartum period. So I was able to nurse him till 17 months old. But after that, I was like, after that happened, we were like, okay, do we want to have another kid? Like, and it took us such a long time. <laughs> the first time mm-hmm. we need to start thinking about this. Well, turns out it didn't take long at all. <laughs> it was, it's not about it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it almost seemed that way, which was ended up being a blessing. So we found out we were expecting baby number two, I think in September. I think it was September. Or my due date ended up being end of May. And the only reason I suspected it was because my a friend of ours had just gotten pregnant. She's like, oh, I'm having really bad heartburn. So I took a pregnancy test. I was like, man, I've been having heartburn too. <laughs> and then after I took that pregnancy test, like the heartburn went away. Um, and you the know, Lord was telling you. Yes, you should, yeah, you should look into things. Because I'd also heard that after it's not always regular, you know, still nursing. So I was like, oh, never my body will. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was a baby. And we were really excited. We were really excited about it. And I think you this time were the second person I told. Because I was like, I got to make sure Josie can be there. You know, I think I just was like, hey, what are you doing at the end of the day, Josie? And so we were really excited to have you be part of this journey again. And it is different when you have a one year old, yeah. and you're pregnant. But luckily, Camp was a great napper. So when he would nap, I would nap. And I was teaching, but he went to bed early. So I would go to bed early. And Lance definitely stepped in, not stepped in a lot, but like would notice when I needed 
was tired and he would just take over and that was great but that pregnancy was seemed like it flew by yeah and I knew more what to expect so I just felt good about it and we decided probably when I was 28 weeks pregnant we decided to switch from our OB to a local midwife midwives which I don't think they're around anymore either not that practice anyway but we just wanted to have another natural birth and just didn't really have to want to explain anything right to, you know just thought maybe it'd be easier and that we were happy with that decision um, I think we felt lucky the way that the first birth went yeah mm-hmm. there were so many roadblocks and so many almost like hard stops yeah. mm-hmm. that you didn't realize at the hospital yeah we started to figure out wow that could have just ended it mm-hmm. they would like the doctor was not going to let us go on yeah and you don't know that you can stop and ask questions and there's right. an alternate path. Right. We felt very fortunate and lucky to have had a natural birth at the hospital. A great experience of and, one, And too. it went so well. Mm-hmm. Um, we were concerned that we would not have the same luck again. Again, you hear the stories from everyone who just says it, it was a bad experience. And so we thought we should try an alternate path this way to kind of ensure that our way will, will be the, the birth story that we want. And we weren't 100%, we weren't, we weren't ready for a home birth, like that just wasn't, and so this practice still did birth in a hospital, which gave us some peace of mind, and mm-hmm. but still seemed to be more aligned with what we wanted, so I think it was like 25, it was still pretty far down my pregnancy that I decided to switch, and it was 2020, so then this mm-hmm. big thing happened, we had gone on a baby moon. It was spring break and we had just gone away for like three days and we came back and the grocery stores were empty, you know, all of, but, but so all the awful stuff. it was, which was very, um, with not knowing what was going on, really, we were a little nervous, um, but then it ended there, there were so many blessings in disguise that came out of this because I never had to go back to school that year. Like it was all done remotely. So I was able to rest. I was able to not be on my feet all day. I was able to go to doctor's appointments that were a little bit more convenient. So, so you know, when you look back on it, despite the chaos that it seemed that it was there, it was nice. It was, it was, it was, it was nice being nine months pregnant, due at the end of May and not having to pack up a classroom. Like that was a, that was a nice thing. And, you know, but one of the things that was, so that was a little bit nerve-wracking for us was the hospitals had kept changing policies. So like yeah. at that point, Lance was no longer able to go to any of my appointments with me, which I'm, you know, I, I my heart does ache for those first-time moms who had to miss that experience with their spouses. And we at least had been able to do that before. But it still was, you know, we like to do things together. We yeah. do. Had to sit in the parking lot and wait for her. It was... Uh, Think about it why, was, why and so and at yeah. one point, the hospitals were changing policies of are they going to allow the father to be in there? Mm-hmm. And that was a big scare for us because well, we did not. We weren't going right. to do that. We weren't going <laughs> to do that, and so then we were getting kind of protective as well. Yeah. To try to plan and do as much as we could to make sure that. And then there was still, for a while, there were not support people who weren't part of the hospital that weren't allowed to be in. So we were constantly texting in communication with you and with the with the midwives. And luckily, I think probably about, I feel like it wasn't that much time before I went into labor. I think, I mean, when I say probably like within a month or three weeks, that St. Louis delivered at St. Luke's this time. 
had had decided that you could have one support person come with you. And that was just like, that to us was, I mean, that was a blessing that we were praying to please let Josie be allowed to be in the hospital. Like that was a very specific prayer we were praying and it was answered. So like, cause otherwise I'm like, well, you might just have to deliver. (laughs) Like, like, I don't know what we're going to do, but it worked out. But once again, this baby didn't want to come at night. I was due at the end of May. This baby didn't come till June, so, you know, and had to go for more appointments. And this time there was the added stress because of COVID. They had to schedule inductions quite a few days prior because you had to get a COVID test before you could be admitted to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I remember they kept calling me and I kept hitting more. <laughs> I did. I was like, I'm not yeah. answering these phone calls. But it came to a point where we did have to, I had to go in. And once again, this was like, God is good because this worked out in our favor. I had to go in to get a COVID test and it was one of the ones that take a while. So you had to go. Oh, yeah. They didn't have the, the, the rapid. instantaneous. Yeah, and at this point, we're past, we're past, you know, we're at 41 weeks and every night we would take a selfie with camp to be like, is this our last night as a family of three? And I was feeling great. Like I was even more active, no swollen feet this time, probably because I could relax more. Felt great, but I went in and had a COVID test and I went home. And that night, we had already decided for camp to go spend the night at his grandma's house because we were just like, we need just a night. Like we just, yeah, just, just to sleep, relax and yeah. took him over there after I went, had gone to the hospital to get the test. And so he was already at his grandma's house, which was good. But I had been feeling some contractions on and off for a while, but I'd wake up, They'd start, and then I'd go for a walk, and they'd go away. And so just not really what to expect. And the midwives had scheduled me for a membrane sweep the next day because that was a Monday, and if I hadn't had the baby, I would have to go in on a Wednesday. Mm. And I wanted time for it to work, to go into labor. So we had that scheduled for Monday morning, and I think that's why we had had your mom keep him because we were going to go together to have that done. Um, And things had kind of started to feel a little bit different, but I knew what to expect this time. Mm -hmm. So... I think knowing that helps a little bit. And this time I wanted no one around me. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to lay on the couch. And I was so great because I was able to sleep. And then a contraction would come and I would breathe through it. And I would go back to sleep. And then I would wake up, breathe through it, go back to sleep. And Lance was like, do you want me to be doing anything? I was like, I don't, whatever you want to do. And I think you made, didn't you make some macaroni? You're like, let me think, I need to eat dinner. And I was like, I don't want to eat anything. And so I think we kind of knew that things were maybe happening. And we had been in touch with you after I'd gone to get the test just to let you know what was happening. And I took a long bath. Oh, and for this one, I did the Christian hypnobirthing. Oh, my gosh. So good. If you, I don't, I recommend that. I think you have to pay for it for whatever. It's worth the cost. And I remember Mm -hmm. taking a bath and I had candles and I was just laying there listening to that. And I felt great. And I thought, we're going to have to sleep through the night because it took about 24 hours with camp from start to finish, which was fine. But I was like, well, we got a ways to go. And I went back and lay on the couch. And then I got up to go to the bathroom. And I went, got up, walked to the bathroom. And when I came out, I was like, oh, this feels a little bit different. <laughs> and I started being a little bit, wanted to move through the contractions more instead of just being able to lay down. And I think at one point I had Lance doing some counter pressure because I was like, can you just help a little bit? And at one point I was holding on to the door frame, really trying to, and I think that's when Lance was like, I'm going to call Josie. And 
Yeah. You know, the great thing too about this one was I felt more in tune with my body because I knew what to expect. And I, I, I could feel things happening. Like I was trying to just, and I think that comes one from being educated on what's happening, like mm-hmm. the actual anatomy and physiology, but which you taught us, but to just being in a space of knowing I can do this right. and embracing it. And you always said, with each contraction, you're one step closer to meeting your baby. And just like thinking about it that way, okay, this means baby's one one contraction closer. And I think you were on speakerphone with Josie. Yeah, so I think I called you <laughs> and I told you, hey, you know, things have kind of progressed. It's it's nearing like 10, 30. you know, or should we, do you think that we should just call it for the day and start again in the morning? Because the last, you know, labor took, you know, two days. So mm-hmm. this is where we're going to be in for a long haul. Mm-hmm. And you said, can you get closer to her and, and put you on speakerphone? Mm-hmm. And you were talking with Jana mm-hmm. and then uh, she went through, I think, two or three contractions. And I was kind of timing them, but not really timing them because it wasn't really serious yet. You know, right. We had already been to this. It was not <laughs> yes. very serious. I was just napping on the couch. Yeah. You know, we're about to go to bed. And you, I think you say, take me back off speakerphone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, right. And then you say, yeah, I, I'm listening to her. You need to quietly go grab the bag, put it in the truck, get a trash bag, put it in the seat and get her to the truck. I'm going to leave. I'll meet you at the hospital right now. <laughs> And I was just shocked that just by listening to her over speakerphone, you could tell it was serious. Her tone had changed. Mm -hmm. It was deeper. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you had said, but you recognized right away. And so we lickety split headed to the, headed to the hospital. And this is, and this was one of those moments. They didn't have valet parking this time because COVID. So Lance had to drop me off at the, the front and, this was the, that moment where God knew what he was doing because because I had gone to get that test earlier, they figured out that my online paperwork didn't save. And so I was able to fill out all of my paperwork when I went to for the COVID test. So when I walked in, they were like, oh, Jonna, we have all your stuff. And I was walking slow because every time I would be like, are you okay? Like, yeah, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got to the little triage room or the room and I told the nurse, I was like, I need one of those pads to put on the floor just like where I was like my water's about to break and she put that pad down and my water broke and that's what I mean like I just felt so aware like I was embracing it and yes um it just was different this time around it was it was really a neat experience to just really kind of know what to expect Mm -hmm. and praise God it went the way that it you know but then I had to get in the bed and Lance finally made it in he had our, our backpack on with all of our stuff for room and that was probably a hard part because I had to be in the bed while they monitored me and not being able to move around but they were like all right we can take you up to the room now and you had gotten there and I was in a wheelchair going up to whatever floor and when we get off the nurse was like do you want to go do we try to use the bathroom before we you know you get settled so I was like sure and Lance is helping me get to the bathroom. I think you were like, I'm going to go find a birth a birth ball or something for you to sit and labor on. And I'm kind of standing over the toilet because I can't do anything. And the nurse comes up behind us and says, you can't have a baby in the bathroom. And Lance and I are like, oh, we just got here. We're not having, we were here for a while. And she's like, you can't have a baby in the bathroom. And she said, you need to come with me. So she's 
apparently has like a walking, I think you told me she said like code something, I don't know, like some numbers. And <laughs> she, she made some calls. She said, let's come back out of the bathroom. Mm -hmm. She knew exactly what was going yeah. on, right? Yeah. She knew to begin with that nobody had to go pee. So she gets us back out of the bathroom. She's made a call. And the next thing I know, there's like five people entering the room. Yep. Has his back I'm looking around. I still have all the candles and the radio. <laughs> the diffuser of my birth affirmations. A bag of peanut M&Ms in my pocket. And the car keys in my other hand. Wow. We had just walked into the room. And now I'm trying to get Jonna to the bed. Mm -hmm. And the nurse is trying to get her to the bed. And mm -hmm. she's now having very, very strong, strong contractions. And it was Erin who was the one who delivered. Mm -hmm. And she walks up behind me and she goes, all right, Jonna. You at least have to make it to the end of the bed. And I was like, it, it probably was only from here to that wall, which is only six feet. And I think Lance had to kind of shuffle my feet <laughs> forward. And I, they, you know, they were able to lower the bottom end yes. of the bed. So I was able to put my hands down and I put my knees down. And, um, and that's when I realized, wow, <laughs> this is about to. So I walked over to the couch, took the backpacks <laughs> off my shoulder and then came back over. Yeah. And they, and I, I joke. Cooper, I, I once again only probably three pushes. There was no break this time. Cooper mm. came, like, like I said, Cooper fast and furious. And there's a you took a picture, Josie, and I love it. There's a picture of my face, and it is the timestamp of when he was born. Because I'm just like, oh, he's like the baby's here, and I think the hardest part was having to turn over well, with the umbilical. Yeah, I was on my hands and knees, which mm -hmm. was great, but I was on my hands and knees because. They were, I wouldn't even be able to get on that bed the trying, other way. You were trying to crawl up to the bed. So it's not like you did it on purpose, but you did not want to be, be on, pushing on, no, on I your back it. anyway. I did it. And so it really did work out. And he came out, which it, it, it was a boy. We didn't know again this time around. Um, and I had to turn around. And that was the first time I'd even like seen her, Aaron's face. I was like, oh, hi. You made it this <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. And it was another boy, which we were excited about. Something about that a surprise and pregnancy to look forward to and I love that I did yeah. that too well yeah it was in an option for the first couple but yeah after we never did we we're like no this is just and it's I such really, a special moment and really, I do think it gives you when those last weeks when you are waddling and everything mm -hmm. you can't tie your shoe when you're feeling you're feeling the 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 full-on pregnancy things you're like, oh, but then I get to find out. Yes. It's just a little bit something to help you keep that positive attitude. Yeah. Which, but exciting, um, too. I mean, it's always exciting, but I think there's, there is something pretty different on finding out what, what and, the baby is. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. And it helped keep us, like we kept talking about names. You know, it, we, it kept us mm -hmm. excited, too. But he came fast and furious, and it was great. It was, I mean, we weren't even at the hospital for an hour. I mean, like, I mean, I wouldn't even say 45. I think the bulk of my time was spent then monitoring. And your and, blood pressure and all um, I think, like, when I checked in, I was... Did you get the IV? They didn't have time I don't think that... I don't remember. I don't even remember because it no. just was... Yeah, it was a whirlwind. It yeah. really was. And it was great. It was another wonderful... I mean, it's just beautiful. And it was just different this time because it happened so quickly that there wasn't as much time to really like lean into those moments of you and I are working like doing this together we still did it together mm -hmm. but it was like bam 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 and had we not left when you said to leave <laughs> you know <laughs> those YouTube videos would have come in <laughs> that's true it wouldn't have happened if I 
if I would have said, if I didn't know, and I was like, okay, well, it's time for me to come to you. Totally. Yeah. We so, would, and, you know, and it was so good, though, for this, this time around, I was willing and ready to do some of the work on my own. And I honestly just, like, maybe because I had a baby at home, like, you know, Kukan was only... 21 months like he's just I kind of think I wanted just some space yeah and so just to be able to like know how to do that on my own this time around too but still having the support when I needed the support was good too but it was it was it was great it was a boy he's he's he just turned three in June so that was three years ago and he nursed right away and it was a very different experience because of the restrictions the hospital had in place no one could come visit us which Mm -hmm. You know, you miss that, but because he was our second, we only spent one night in the hospital, so mm-hmm. we were ready to go home. We um, were, you were feeling good. I was we feeling good. Able to leave. As yeah. soon as we could leave, they let us. Leave. They let us go. So, um, but you, you, we did miss out on some of the things, but at the same time, having that those first twenty four hours of just the three of us was really yeah. special too. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. To enjoy that yeah. that time, mm-hmm. yeah. special just for him. Yeah. Yes. I wouldn't want anyone to have to wear a mask when they're delivering. Oh That's I mean, which which I didn't. They wanted me to. I said no, and I pulled it down. Yeah. Because I was like, you're not. I'm no. I, I said no because, and no one questioned me because I don't think you would have questioned a woman uh, in transition. <laughs> so, but I, you know, I wouldn't want. Like I'm glad that things are not like that anymore because right. if you want visitors, you should be wanting visitors. That's a yeah. whole other thing. But mm-hmm. for us. It made us want to get home faster. Um, made us want to get home to camp faster, and we were able to. And um, it's great. Two boys, they're wonderful and beautiful. And I think we all often still look back in awe of like, gosh, can you believe that we did that? And when they, when I have to do hard things, sometimes a lot of times we're like, do you remember that you had gave birth twice? You can do hard things. And that's such a great <laughs> reminder. It's true because that's like. The hardest thing that you, oh, yeah. you have to physically do, and the fact that you did it, and did it two times, yeah. you're like, mm, yeah, that's maybe not so hard. Maybe I, <laughs> so, but we've learned so much from you and like your support, just postpartum and even just throughout the years. It's just like a constant positive influence in our life. One thing I do want to, I want to backtrack. Yes, is I remember when, when you were still pregnant with. Him. And I remember you were my most minimalist mom that I had ever met. And I thought, that is so cool. Because then I started researching more. And you really opened my eyes. Because you would say, do I really need this? And I would stop and think, no. Not written, no. Mm-mm. And you were just so good about that. And so if anybody needs, you know. Advice on minimalism with a baby because we, we feel like we need everything. And some things become very shiny, like, oh, I have to get that. And this is so cool. And this is a new gadget. And the truth is, if they have you, if you have some diapers, you got the supply to the milk, you can keep them warm. Like, you don't need a ton of things. And so I just really appreciated that because you kind of really opened my eyes to minimalist parenting and that we don't need all those toys you get lost you get lost in the overwhelm of the things whereas when you don't have a lot of things you can 
just be present with what yeah. you have. And Absolutely. I think we feel that way even now with the five-year-old and the three-year-old, we still try to maintain that mindset a lot just because we don't want to be overwhelmed yeah. with things instead of being overwhelmed with, you know, I'd rather just be present with love little than cleaning, cleaning up, picking up a lot. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and then when, when we have friends who get pregnant, I, I the only advice, the only unsolicited advice I give, because <laughs> you don't want, you should hire a doula, and oh. if you want to, I, you should look at S, the birth, what was it? Yeah, birth blessings in San Antonio. And if they're not in San Antonio, I think I've even asked you once if you knew someone somewhere. And mm-hmm. that's the only unsolicited advice I give is you should hire a doula. And even if you're not wanting to have a natural birth, right. just the education that you get mm-hmm. is worth it mm-hmm. for both mom and dad, in my opinion. I agree. Right. We get hired just for C-sections as well. And moms who know that they want an epidural. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the other advice I tell people, if you want to know what kind of baby things you need, mm-hmm. you can ask me because I'll tell you you don't need that. That is so <laughs> true. So then when you go to baby showers, this is a great question. What do you give? I usually do like a box of diapers because everyone needs diapers or mm-hmm. just a gift card so that they can get what they need. Because I don't want to, I, I know offense to anyone, I don't want to buy the onesie that you're not going to put on the baby or you don't need five sheets or five blankets or... Um, so I just would rather do that, and, or I like to buy, like, we have some favorite kids' books, and we'll just do a book with a gift card. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, just because when we go look, when I look at people's registries, in my mind, I'm like, oh, you don't need any of that, so I'm not yeah. going to buy any of it for <laughs> yeah. you, because yeah. I don't want you to be, so I would yeah. just rather, I just don't. Unless there's something, you know, like when one of my friends had a baby, we really liked the little baby bjorn bouncer that folds flat because we have a small house so we were also looking at things that we did get we wanted them to be able to be stored Mm -hmm. in a a way or not take up a lot of space and that was something that we found you know when we'd be making breakfast in the morning we could put the baby in that um when i was pumping with cooper when we were having some feeding issues he could be right in front of me while i'm pumping and i could be engaged with him so that was something if that's on someone's registry especially if there's a couple of us, that's something I will go in because mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah. But most of the time, we're looking through people's registries. Like, oh, or diapers, because you do need diapers. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anything you want to add, Lance? Yeah, any final words, Lance? Or advice for dads? I guess just engage with it and, and just try to be present. Don't do the stereotypical thing of where a friend at work says, this will be great. Go on, you know, the paternity leave. You'll have such a good time. You get so many things done at home. They'll be doing their thing, and you can do your thing. It's a great little time, great little vacation. Like, just try to break the yeah. break That's the cycle of that, and mm-hmm. it will pay up. You know, it will reap yeah. many times over. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Any final words? I just loved having babies. I think it's a combination of things. I think it was the support of. Lance, the support of you, the education that you provided us with really prepared us. And just also knowing that God designed our bodies to do this, like also just puts it in a perspective of I was made to do this. And mm-hmm. I think just have a look at it in a positive way that you get to have this amazing experience and embrace it and mm-hmm. like find the joy in it. Absolutely. And it is joy. It really is one of the 
two most exciting moments of my life ever. Yeah. Besides, like, marrying you. You know, there are a couple things, but, like, it's just... You won't ever, you, you won't ever have moments in life like that. Yeah. I don't know. And it's amazing. I just... Not very profound, but it's just it amazing. Is. I and it's profound. I think surround yourself with people who will encourage you in a positive manner. Well, thank you so much, guys, for taking the time out to come here and record this. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having thank us. Thank you. We love you, Josie. We oh, think everyone needs a Josie. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Jana and Lance are such a fun couple. I really enjoyed recapping those two beautiful birth stories. Very different. And one of the things that I kind of want to point out is the way that Lance really wanted to change the stereotypical idea of that incompetent guy, man, father, to break that cycle of, you know, just standing by at the, you know, in the corner and not participating. A lot of dads are stepping up and being everything that they need to be for their family. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. So the more, I'm, I'm hoping that everyone gets encouraged and and the dads who are afraid of not doing something right, get educated. Hire yourself a doula who will walk you through all of the, the unexpected things, what to know, what to do, and get yourself equipped for, for that day. It's a, it's a new chapter in your lives, and you have such a wonderful, beautiful opportunity to be everything that you can be for your family. And so I love that his passion and his heart is to do that. And Jana really embraced what was happening, especially the second time around. She knew her body, and I love it that she actually told the triage nurse, hey, I'm going to need a pad and my water's but just about to break. That's pretty cool, too. So I love, I love their story, and I hope it's encouraging to you. I hope you had a couple giggles, too. I, I really do enjoy sharing these stories and trying to take the fear out of births and, and labor and parenting and all those things. So... Stay encouraged, stay tuned, and we will talk to you next week.